morning for the reading of God's Word, Romans chapter 12. This is the third, maybe the final, I'm not certain yet, but third in our series on the will of God. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the, and I'm not soliciting this, but for the ones that have written me in the last two weeks and said, this has been so uh, practical, eye-opening, and for some they said it's been just a release of burden, knowing uh, what we've studied, that we are not commanded to find the will of God, we're to discern it. And our primary responsibility is to be surrendered to it. And it is God's responsibility to reveal, to unveil His will for us. And so this morning, Romans 12, 1, through, 1 and 2, our same verse the last three weeks. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies or your life a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your, say it with me, reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If you have your Bible in front of you, uh, maybe circle perfect and write to the side, not permissible, but perfect. Our mind needs to be renewed so that we can understand what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for our life. So, Brother John, you're telling me that someone can live the will of God perfectly. In heart, absolutely. See, God, and I'll prove this to you later on, God doesn't count failures. When we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the heart that is surrendered to the will of God will fulfill the will of God in their life. So you may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. And I know you won't mind, but if you'd bow your heads one more time and while I pray for me, if you would pray for me as well. Lord, I just humble myself before you in the sight of my brothers and sisters. And I want you to know, uh, I want them to hear what I know and that you know. That in my flesh, in my natural ability or reasonings or speech or giftings, I can't do anything of eternal value unless you anoint my words. And so I'm praying today, O oh Lord, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to be on me so distinctly that the words will penetrate our soul and there'll be no mistaking where they're coming from. Anything that's of me, remove it this morning, O oh Lord. And let my words be like the pen of a ready writer, writing on the inside of our heart that we may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When a lady's giving birth, she has no room for cousins and friends, husbands. That was a joke. Y'all can laugh. Even male doctors, when, when, when the pain is at its pinnacle, you know, when the girl that hasn't cursed since high school lets them fly. When you hear, I hate my husband's guts, I hate every man, you know. In that moment, when the pain subsides a little bit, the only real comfort is when a nurse or a mom or a sister who has given birth who understands, takes her by the hand and said, look, this is natural, you're okay, you're okay. And then they'll even tell them the truth, this is what's going on and we've, we've got this complication, but look, you're okay, you're okay. There's something about experiential wisdom shared. That does not mean that the lady sharing this wisdom is perfect. It just means she's been here. This morning I felt... Well, this week I felt the Lord directing me to share with you this morning on the subject of experiential truths that I've learned about the will of God. I am not a master at the will of God. I don't consider myself to be the graduate or the voice, but I've traveled it for almost 30 years. And by that I mean I was saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and answered a call to preach within two weeks. So good or bad... I have experience in that. And so that's what I want to share with you this morning. Kind of like 
maybe some of you, the, the machine is spiking already, telling you when the next contraction is. Others have just conceived the will of God and others are raising babies. They're in the will of God. But maybe this message will be an encouragement, an enlightenment. And you'll be able to go home and go, man, I needed to hear that. That just, that gives me perspective. It gives me balance. Okay. Number one, if you're taking notes, you may not get to do what you want to do. Well, Brother John, last week you told us that our, the will of God is often tied, tied to our desires and our giftings. Yes, but not exclusively. Some assignments God gives you have no resonation in your heart. Mark Rutland, who's one of my favorite ministers to listen to because over the years I've found him not only very educated, very anointed, very applicable, very down-to-earth, and very accurate. He said, for me, and this is a man that has authored multiple books, pastored many successful churches, turned churches around that were days from foreclosure and built them back up to several thousand. He turned Southeastern College around. And I'm not just building him up, but here's a man that it's worked for him. He said, most of my ministry, you would think pastoring and being the president of a Bible college, and he said, most of my ministry has been me walking in on a dirty room, and there just happens to be a broom sitting over here. It wasn't really what I wanted to do, but mixed in with the pastoring and the teaching and the leading worship and the singing, there's just hundreds of dirty rooms where you can step up and be the solution, the answer to prayer for that person, that ministry, those people, that family. So you don't always get to do what you want to do. His will does not follow your will. Your will follows his will. He is not obligated to our wishes or expectations. And he is not bound to our schedule. When you answer the call of God and you start doing assignments, we place expectations upon God that he did not ask us to place. And we watch our watch thinking, where's the promise you told me about? And God is on an eternal time clock. And he's just not in a hurry at all. Have any of you ever had, had this dialogue with God? Maybe you thought it. I've said it. I said, Lord, you're eternal, but I'm not. I mean, the clock's ticking here. You know, I'm, I'm fading. And, you know, I can joke, and I'm amazed at the people. I'll say, you know, I feel like I'm getting Alzheimer's now. And they're like, ha, 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 don't say that. Listen, just, just listen. I can't create with my words. I cannot create with my words. You want to prove it? Watch. Nikki Shaker's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, it ain't working. Now, I know we're not supposed to be negative, and I understand that confession is a great thing, but confessing something alone by itself does not make it a reality. And, and God, just because I expect something or I say something, he's not bound to my schedule or my expectations. And just because I say I'm running out of time, he said, you got all the time you need to fulfill my will for your life because I'm orchestrating it. So it's not so much us saying something. It's finding out what God says and echo it. God's will is not limited to our understanding. That's when you go, who me? The man just retires. He's been thinking about that recliner he's going to buy. The one he got now, got duct tape on it. But he's going to buy the king version with three slots for all the remote controls and the space command and the... <laughs> back massager and the Lord speaks to him and says I want you to sell your home and go with this person in your local church and help them start a church Lord I was thinking about retiring God said I was thinking about retreading it's not limited to what you would have planned or, or thought you say I, I'm too old to do this it says who says the mirror, but God loves to 
I shouldn't say loves. God has a way of working his will out past human understanding. Why me? Why now? Why this? And oftentimes God will say, I'm not answering that. Follow me. It's not limit. He's not bound to our schedule and he's not limited to our understanding. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your paths. And you'll find yourself going to help someone or do something and you never would have done it. But you just saw the dirty room and you have a broom and you feel like the Lord will be pleased in you doing a small assignment or a large one. I'll never forget the first time I heard of something like this. I hadn't been a Christian too long. And, I, you know, this was at the height of PTL and TBN and a lot of that ridiculous manipulation of people to give much. Just, it was a horrible couple of decades that cost the church much influence. But I remember preaching at a little church in Roswell. Well, not little, a couple hundred people. And they were growing and they built this five or six hundred seat sanctuary. And I remember when I was preaching there that the pastor told me, I, I, back then I said, man, how did y'all do this? This is beautiful. And it was, back then it was a lot. It was a couple million dollars, like one and a half or two million dollars. I said, how'd you do it? He said, well, we, we, we raised money because of the vision. And there's a couple here that owned, and I forgot how many it was, shares of Coca-Cola stock. And they said they had planned on buying an RV and spending their golden years, the first several anyway, just seeing the U.S. And he said, they never said a word to anybody but us. And they said, we sold our stock and it was, this is our retirement, it was $700,000. And we just want to give it to you to just win people to Jesus. Just y'all do this. This is not an appeal for money. We don't need any money. They felt the Lord ask them for their retirement. Give me your plans. And I want you to do mine. Here's the tricky thing about the will of God. You ready? No one else is going to know if you dissed it or nicked it off. You can pray and preach and worship and sing. But the Lord has distinct things that he calls you to do, assignments he gives you. Some of them are connected to your passion. Some of them are connected to your gifts and abilities. And others were never on the radar. What if he told you, those of you that are just now empty nesting, how many empty nesters we have? I'm being serious. What if he told you, I want you to adopt Oh, we're going to be honest this morning. He said, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> All right, now we've got our laugh. You missed the point I said. What if he told you? No one will know if you don't. No one will know. But if you do, you will be living in the center of God's perfect will. And you have to know that it comes disguised sometimes as the last thing you would pick. I have people ask me, still, after listening to all the preaching, all the time, they say, okay, Pastor John, level with me now. How is it being as old as you are with the three kids? And I said, okay, I'm gonna answer you as honest as I can wonderfully exhausted. I have never known tired. And I do about a tenth of what goes on. My wife is a machine. You, you're the most amazing mom and wife. I don't know how. Y'all can bless her with Hank. She is. She is. But I'm sharing with you all along my journey. Our home is open. Because there are so many kids that do not have a mom and a dad. I think when we start hearing God's will, 
and we're surrendered to it, we'll usually or often find that we're an answer to somebody's problem. And you can take me in the right context. Please don't write me about this. But we don't have to open our borders without restraint to be the body of Christ. We have millions of people here. That's not the only way. There's unwed mothers. Yes. God's will is generally contradictory to yours. No, God and I are on the same page. Well, then what happened was he, you surrendered to his will, but you had to have been over here to surrender to his will. There's no one that seeketh after God, the Bible said. None. So if it's contrary to you, if it's not centered around you, it more than likely is God's will. The devil's not going to invite you to help anybody or lay your life down. Remember what Jesus said in the garden when it came time to go and be stripped and beaten and hang on a cross? He said, if there's any other way, and by no means am I comparing my life to his and what he sacrificed, but I've prayed those. God will show you what he wants to do, and you go, if there's any other way, any plan B's, do I have any options? I told the Lord one day, I said, you just don't give me any options. He said, because you take them. Jesus said, if there's any other way, let this cup, which means your will, this what you've willed, pass from me because what you will is going to destroy me. It's going to destroy my retirement years. It's going to destroy my plan. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We teach our little children this and don't see it for what it means. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay, what are you made of? Earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth, on earth as it is in heaven. What would happen if you truly prayed, not my will, but whatever you want in my life, the answer is yes. May I answer it? Your life as you know it is going to be messed up. No, the Lord and I are tuning fork. We're identical in our wills and our ways. Uh-uh. We think self-preservation. He says, lose your life. We think self-promotion. He says, descend into greatness. Our will is contrary to the Lord's. So if you follow him, here's what I've learned. You may not get to do what you wanted to do. Now, hard to believe. You, you're not going to meet a pastor that loves pastoring more than me. I love it. But I had told my friends for eight years, I said, read my lips. I will never pastor. I traveled for five years and watched these guys get beat up, ran out of town. And be careful of those small churches that have the graves on premises. <laughs> Nobody ever told you about If you travel, they got their own little graveyard. And that's where grandmama and great-grandma, oh, they got the church people in there. But then they got little places with no names on nothing. That's where the pastors go. <laughs> I had them hiss at me. Truth. I was preaching one Sunday in Garden City, Georgia. And this lady was like on the second, third row while I was preaching. She was going. <sighs> My first thought was, what's wrong with her? And then I looked at him and said, what's wrong with you staying here? You know, just evil me. I've never done it before or since. And I wept in grief, so don't think I was being callous. So after she hissed at me, Sister Snake, for about 30 minutes, I just slammed my notes. I said, okay, it's painfully obvious that you don't want me here. I don't really want to be here either. But since the Lord has put this together, I'm just going to preach and I'll leave y'all on Wednesday, okay? Okay. And I got back to preaching. That wasn't good. I left the pulpit that night. I went in the pastor's, pastor's office and cried like a baby. I felt like I embarrassed God. I disrespected him and the people. See, I hadn't been preaching long. I still had a lot of that. Just say it and find forgiveness later before you learn, you know, to just swallow your words. And the pastor come in and I, if, if I'd have had makeup, it would have been the black 
rivers of death, you know, going down. And he walked in, and I said, brother, I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry. Stop. Buddy, I've been wanting to say that to these people for 10 years. You good? You good? Don't worry about it. So I stayed till Wednesday, and they told him, best revival we've ever had. But having said that, I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I'm submitting this to you. And in my experience, I believe half or more of you do not believe this. But I'm going to tell you the experiential truth that I've learned. Behind my greatest, I would never do this, have been some of my greatest joys. So if the devil can keep you from God's will, he may do so by focusing on what you think you want to do or need to do instead of being open to a whisper. And when you answer to whispers, your life is filled with the thunders of God's pleasure. Sometimes when I preach... It's not every time, but sometimes when I preach and you'll see me get very quiet, I just feel his pleasure while I'm preaching. I've never had an earthly dad to sit in the sanctuary and say, that's my boy and I'm, I'm proud of him. But sometimes while I'm talking to you, it is as if he's sitting there going, that's mine, that's what, what would happen if you rearranged your ideology of what tomorrow is going to look like and say, you, give him the pen, you write my story. It won't be boring, I can promise you that. Oh man, I'm never going to get done. We will have another in the series because we ain't going to get to this. Whew. Number one, you may not get to do what you want to do. Let me give you the illustration on number one and we'll go to number two. Is there anybody that you know of in the Bible that loved God more than David? I, when I read his words and what he wrote about God and what he wrote to God, I just, and he didn't even have the Holy Spirit, the renewing residence of the Holy Spirit that gave him a clear conscience. He didn't have that. And he said, oh God, I want to build you a house. I am, you See, other kings built their house one way and then God's house in this way, their little gods. David said, no, 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 God. I want to build you a house worthy of you. I want to, and God interrupted him and said, you will not build me a house. Your hands are bloody, not just from war, but from your own sins and mistakes. But I'll let your boy do it. How do you think David left that encounter with the Lord? Hurt, but more disappointed. Lord, I really wanted to do this. And he said, yeah, but I really want your son to do this. Be careful when you feel like you have to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral. God has other things for other people to do. What if... He, instead of us being the big church in town, what if he orchestrates the move of this church, the sale of this building, and we purchase and build, or build something debt-free or rent something and are able to help other churches monthly to just say, hey, here's $20,000. Here's $10,000. What if God doesn't want us to put 2,000 people under this roof. I don't know his plan. But what if he wants us to put 20,000 people under someone else's roofs? All I know is we'll know if we submit to it. Number two, you may not get to travel the path that you would have chosen. That's different than do what you want to do. This is about process. The Bible, one of the most eye-opening portions of Scripture, if you ever have time, go read it. It's just a few verses where Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. He was led, spirit-led, into a wilderness. Now, when you think wilderness, you think Roberta. 
No. This ain't scrub trees and kudzu. This is dirt. Wilderness. No water. Wild animals. Demonic oppression. See, we determine if God's will, if it's God's will, because when you come through, there are angels that are going, you're great. And every ocean opens and, and every faucet runs Kool-Aid and everything's working, yay. But sometimes... God will lead you in dry places, lonely places, confusing places, oppressive places. And if it were not for that verse, I would have struggled many, 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 many more times than I already have. But that verse, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness. I wouldn't take that path. I'm going to tell you what, listen, this, I'm going to just lay it all out here. The majority of my life, when I feel the Lord is leading me, in my mind, A to B. What's the quickest distance between two points? Straight line. God doesn't do many straight lines for me. I'm, okay, if I'm going to go to Forsyth, we get out here and we go north. God says, go left on Bass and turn right on Riverside. And you go, what? Let me give you the verse. In Exodus, God had led the people of Israel out of Egypt. He's taken them to the promised land. And it says, and God did not lead the children of Israel through, let me read it. My memory was starting to fade. Here it is. God did not lead them through Philistine territory, Exodus 13, although that was the shortest route. So some of us today are trying to do the will of God. We're surrendered to the will of God. And it looks like we're going backwards. But if you're not taking your own path, you need to understand that God is doing more than one thing at one time when he takes alternative routes. He said, I did not take them through the land of the Philistines, although that was near because they would have saw war and went back home. God knows what we're ready for at what time. And so it's not always the path we would have chosen. He's predetermined your assignments. He's planned your destinations. And he's chosen the best pathways to get you there. One of my wife's life's verse, verses is Psalms 32, 8. said, I will lead you along the best pathway for your life. Well, God, this isn't the straight way. So now watch. So the best pathway may not be the straight way. God, this is not the way I would have took. So the best pathway may not be the way you would have took. God, none of my friends and family think this is your will. So the best pathway may be contrary to everyone else's opinion in your life. So if he's leading me along the best pathway, then he is leading me along the best pathway. It don't take, it don't take no faith for you to... Yes, praise the Lord. It doesn't take faith for you to stand in an altar and ask somebody to put their hands on you. That don't take faith. What takes faith is to walk according to the witness of the Spirit in the will of God when everyone's quiet around you. And say, all I know is his sheep know his voice and I believe he's leading me this way. And his, the Bible said his sheep not only hear his voice, but another person's voice, they will not follow. Come this way. Come this way. Do this. Uh-uh. I remember interviewing for my first position. I had been a youth pastor, and I got a call from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Now, you have to understand, all my ministry, pretty much, I'm out of the loop. There's inner circles of pastors. I just, I'm not in the loop. But I got a call from this large church in North Carolina, and this dates me, but how many of you remember the group Truth? Russ Lee was one of the lead singers. There. He was the youth pastor and stepped down. So I went from no name, nothing, to I'm interviewing at Russ's church. So I go in to meet this guy, literally, and I'm giving you the cliff notes. I walk in the door. Hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Here's my thesis. I was like, that should have been a sign right out the gate, you know. Like, first of all, I don't know what a thesis is. Second of all, 
This ain't got no pictures in it. <laughs> Third of all, I'm tired. I can't read all this. So anyway, okay, if you'd like to thumb through it, and I'm like, no, I, can I just hold it? You know, so we go through the interview. He, he, he asked me a couple of questions. He said, uh, what do you make where you work? And I told him. And in my face, he laughed at me. He goes, that's ridiculous. I'll pay you twice that to start. He goes, do you have a home? I said, no, sir. What he didn't know is the number one prayer I was praying at that time in my life, show me how to provide a home for my family. He said, we'll pay the down payment on your first home. How about education? I said, well, I'm in Berean School of the Bible. He said, I'll pay your way through a doctorate. I'm like, dang. So he said, come on, I'm going to show you the facility. I walked in. You know, our little church sat 200. This was a couple thousand. You know, I was just like, what? And everywhere he went, doctor, pastor, reverend, bishop. I'm like, I'm John. How y'all doing? I'm John. You got your summa cum laude and you got your thank you laude right here. Let's go. So we <laughs> just glad to be here. I, I felt like the mule at the Kentucky Derby. They asked and they said, do you think he's going to win? He said, no, I just thought the company would do him good. That's all. So I'm walking around the building. Walk, he showed me the offices. And I was like, great day. And this would be your office. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So we have dinner with the elders. It's pretty much a verbal offer. It's yours if you want it. So I go to sleep, wake up the next day, get dropped off at the airport. You know how at different airports, how you walk up and they have the automatic doors that open? Right when I stepped through the doors, I knew I wasn't supposed to go. I said to myself out loud, I said, that's the most peace I've felt since I've got here. Now, here, listen, listen, please catch this. Nobody else heard that. Nobody else felt that. And some of you may be in a position where everything you've prayed for is being offered and you're assuming it's the Lord's will. Be slow. He that believeth does not make haste. You surrender that thing to God's will again and again and again. Oh, no, this offers for 24 hours only. Let it go, baby. Let, if they can't keep it open longer than 24 hours, let it go. So I called him the next day, and this is before cell phones, but we did have these. We used to have these. And if you had a bunch of zeros in your number, we hated you. I called him and I said, uh, Dr. Preacher, uh, Reverend, uh, uh, Arch Cardinal, Dr. I said, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for hosting me in the gracious offer, but uh, I just feel like I'm not supposed to to go. I feel, well, then we don't have anything to talk about. And he hung up the phone. Hello? So I'm thinking, man of God, pastor, possible future employer. And I went, ooh, thank you, Lord, for keeping me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I'd have got there, had my school, had my house, and had that blank look of death like, why am I here? Why am I here? But I heard a still, small voice, no. You'll know for yourself. Stop asking everybody else what's the will of God for you. And if you're not certain about an area, stop eating. Push away your plate and say, I'm not moving till you let me know because I don't want to miss your will. I'm not trying to get what I want. I want to know. God, I'm not worried about you telling me. I'm worried about me not hearing it right. And he wants you to know his will. He'll reveal it. Let me go back and just give you this on number one. You may not get to do what you wanted to do, but you'll get to do what God created you to do. You may not get to do what you wanted to do, but you will get to do what God created you to do. Now back to number two. God has set the pace by which you'll travel. It ain't going fast enough. It's never going fast enough for us. Never. He not only predetermines the assignment, he not, always, not only plans the destinations, he does not only choose the best pathways, but he sets the pace by which you'll travel. And he has elected in advance those of you that are, are going to take the trip with you. 
You may not get to travel the expected path, but you will get to travel the best one. This is where we hang up. There, all through this church, people, they hang up right here. You still believe that you will choose a better pathway than God will lead. You do. Because you know what you want, and you know where you want to arrive, and you know where the outcome will be. And the greatest regret in heaven will be those that live their life not for the will of God, but for their own will. I can prove it to you. It's not about sins. Our sins are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, they're removed from us. But some will be called least in the kingdom, and some will be called great in the kingdom. Those that live their own life will be saved but as by fire, which means like running from a burning home, whatever they had on them, that's all they have. And others will come with great riches and great rewards, not based on character but works. And the only works that are acceptable are those that are done in the will of God for the glory of God. It's quiet, but it's good. All right, we'll get to three. Yeah, we'll be here next week, I promise you, if the Lord tarries. All right, we'll do three of them today. You may not get the support you expected. Now, if you're visiting today, you go, that sure is a negative sermon. All three of those depress me. Well, we've already covered some of the good. And the, the overarching thing, let me just give it to you in case this is your only Sunday here. The will of God is the most peaceful, fulfilling, rewarding, difficult thing you'll ever do. But it's a sweet spot to be in. But these things go along with understanding the will of God. I may not get to do what I want to do. I may not get to travel the path I would have chose. And I may not get the support that I expect from family. How hard it is when your own family, you tell them your dreams and visions for the will of God. And they go, oh, that's nice. Pass the cornbread. Yeah. I was talking about going to Guam and they want cornbread. Nobody... See, you laugh, but until it's you and your family and friends aren't big proponents. When I started this church, no one in my family came with me. You may not get the support you expected from family, friends, other believers, churches, and or your community. There's only a handful that have been here since the very beginning. I guess I ran the rest of them off. But uh, early on, probably... Two years into the life of the church. How many of you remember us looking at the River North Gymnasium? Anybody here? Cup, okay. River North School had closed down and there was a gym there that was sitting empty. And I just thought, hey, that's depreciating. It's falling apart. If I bought the gym and presented it to the community, we want to open this six days a week for you absolutely free. And we want to put our church here. And so, naive, this was, how many of y'all watch Survivor? You know what a blindside is? This was the single biggest blindside in ministry I've ever had. I mean, when he snuffed out my little, the tribe has spoken. Oh. I never saw it coming. I thought when you go to planning and zoning, I just go tell the five or six people what we want to do. And they go, you're great. And that's that's. That's what I thought. Honest to God. You're going to do something for the community free of charge. So we get our little van. You remember the Miracle in May van? We got our van. We put about 15 people in it. It's supposed to have 12, you know, cheek to cheek, you know. So we drive to the planning and zoning. And I'm like, dang, you can't know where to park. I don't know what, you know. So you get out there and I walk in and I'm asking where the little room is. And I walk in. Standing room only. I'm thinking, what are all these people doing here? They, you know, a lot of people starting churches, I guess. I didn't know what the deal was. So what I remember of it, because my subconscious blocked a lot of it out. And now it's time to so-and-so proposal, so-and-so for Rhythm North Gym. And I came up and said, and I saw all the people and I said, I just want to thank y'all for the opportunity. I won't take but a moment. And this is our plan. We're a church plant. We got about 150 people. And I just thought that maybe we could purchase this gym to use it for Sundays in our church. 
and just give it away to this community. We, just, we want your kids to be able to come after school. We want it to be manned. And we, we don't want anything from you. We just want to offer this to you. And so that's why we would like permission to put our church here. So I went and sat down. Like, okay. Now they're going to stand up and talk about how wonderful we are. Oh, my goodness. Before they even got to the platform, who do you think you are? Our Savior? We don't need a Savior. I'm like, who's he talking to? I'm somebody. It was me. One by one, they took the mic. And let me tell you another thing. You ain't bringing all your right-wing crazy Christians in here. We don't want you. We don't need you. After they're done, I feel like that little ball that boxers hit like this. I'm going, oh, I could not believe one after the other after the other. And I'm thinking, Mr. Moderator, after, you know, there's just not much blood left. <laughs> Ringing out, can we call it in? And finally they said, okay, uh, that, that's enough. That's enough. So we'll cast the votes. How many votes? Yes. None. How many votes? No. Unanimous. Next item. So here's the part you might not have thought about. So I walk out of the little meeting with my 12 sheeples, sheeps, sheeps, sheepses, that I'm their leader. Follow me to the promised land. Come on. Come on, y'all. Our van got Christ Chapel wrote on it. Oh, God. Everything but them throwing stuff at the van happened, you know. We drive off deathly silent in the van. Let me tell you what I've learned about the Lord. He uses the carnality and wickedness of people to purify your motives. Am I doing this for what they're going to say about me? Or am I doing this for what they'll say about the Lord? So I went back to the church and told them, uh, we ain't moving to River North. Don't worry about it. We don't need to take no offering, nothing. But that lack of support, to some people, it makes them say, I must not hurt his voice. I was absolutely, absolutely supposed to pursue that. Absolutely supposed to go to city council. So they would have a Christian in their data bank did not, that did not scream back at them and accuse them, but just took it silently. You may go without recognition. You may go without approval. You may go without appreciation or promotion. You may travel the will of God. Lisa, would you mind coming up for me? You may travel the will of God without financial support. All right, I want to tell you where a lot of this was birthed. When we started this church, and I'm no martyr, please don't miss the point. We had a couple of churches from Atlanta that through the assembly sent us $50 a week, a month, $115 for a month, for six months. We had a couple people like that. But there was just no help anywhere. Oh, when I we got, you know, uh, went up to be ordained and they put their hands on you and prayed and they would pray over us. And I'm not making light of prayer. And in a moment, I'm going to talk to you about prayer support. But I'm thinking, can I cash that last prayer in for $100? That's what I was thinking. We had nothing, nothing. I think that's why every chance we get, I want our church to be the one that says, hey, we know what you're going through in the will of God. We see you. We support you. Hey, use our building. We don't want your money. Hey, here's a van. Hey, here's some land. Here's a, here's a car. We want to be that part of support. But sometimes the Lord keeps things from us to set a fire in us so that other people don't have to go through that very thing. If we see you and we can help you, we're going to help you. In good times and bad but you may be traveling the will of God today without financial support, without prayer support. Where would I have been without the people that prayed for me on Tuesdays and Fridays in this place? Without emotional support, without vocal support. People need cheerleaders to do the will of God, like Jay's Hope and others. And when y'all come and volunteer and we, we're cheering on the couple that runs that ministry, we're cheering them on.
and the guys can see us, we say, we're for you. We're with you in this. Basic support, faithful support, sensitive support, generous support, loving support. You may not have pure support. There may be people that support you with strings attached. You may not have timely support or safe support. You may not get the support you expected, but you will get the grace that God promised. You may not get the support you expected, but you will get the grace that God promised. In those early years, first three and a half, I really struggled because God, if I'm in your will, shouldn't this be a little easier? We owned a van. That was it. In three years, the most money we'd ever had in our account was $5,000. I remember when we hit five, we thought, now we're going to do something. Y'all know what you can buy with five thousand? Nothing. But we got 5000 And I'm checking every now and then with the person that does the money. And no sooner, than, I mean, we just hit it. Week, 10 days. And Pastor Andy said, John, I felt the Lord talking to me about this inner city ministry in Atlanta. And they have a need right now. It's a food need. They have to have resources. And I, I want us to give some. And I just felt the Lord said, give it all. Give it all. Not the path I would have took. Not the one that was easy. But I know your voice. Okay. So we wrote a $5,000 check. And if my memory serves me correctly, we had like $30 left or something. Here you are. Nobody giving, but we're giving. And I told the Lord, I said, do you even watch any of this? I know you, you said you're taking records. But Lord, I need to know. I need to know that I'm in your will because with all the good, it's just so different than I thought. It's so much harder than I thought and it doesn't seem to be fair or right. And in a period of a couple of months, we went from nothing in the bank to God blessing us with the merger at Second Baptist and through faithful people for about 80 plus years, their facility was paid for with money in the bank. He didn't give that to me. No, sir. God put the baton in my hand and said, don't you drop it. These people have spent their life doing this. But what I'm trying to get you to see is, had we not went this pathway, we would not have connected with the next pathway. And, and the great blessing, we, we went from third year to 20th year in possession. Overnight. Overnight. So for you, whether it's starting a business, closing a business, opening your home again, whatever it is, just do it. Just obey. And the will of God, the devil's going to tell you, if it was the Lord's will, it would be easy. Jesus said, if there's any other way, I'll take, I'll take it sight unseen. It's not the easiest way. But it's the best way. It's the purest way. It's the most glorious way. And in the end, we're not living our life. We're investing our life. Stand with me this morning. Jesus. Jesus. Your mother and your brothers are out here. He said, who is my mother and who is my brother? He that does my will is the same as my mother and my brother. What was he saying? I close with this thought. The closest people to the heart of God are the ones that do his will. Small or large. Visible or invisible. The closest people to the heart of God 
are those that do His will. And no excuse for not doing it will hold any water in eternity. I believe that this series is going to be a turning point in the lives of a lot of people in this church. Not my will, but yours be done. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I surrender. There are people I know praying it. Lord, I surrender. I will go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll let go of what you want me to let go of. I cling not to my own life, O Lord. It is yours for your pleasure or disposal. I give you my life, O God, holy and acceptable, without reserves, which is my reasonable service. I want to know, O Lord, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will for my life. The perfect will. I'm tired of living in the permissive will. I want to live in the perfect will. Lord, your perfect will. And I believe if I say yes, that you will meet me at every turn with exactly what I need to fulfill that calling. When my family's quiet, you'll be vocal. When my friends turn away, you'll draw closer. Have your own way in me, Lord. Have your way. I am the potter. You are the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. Why I am yielded, patient and still. Church family, would you look this way before you go home today? Brother John, that's during Thanksgiving week. That's kind of a, a different message. I searched my heart. And I'm not sure if I know a more grateful expression than a believer turning towards the Lord and saying, you name it, whatever you want to do, my answer is yes. I think that's thankful. Have a wonderful day today. God bless you.